welcome once again to Nightmare Cinema with myself, Mr. John, and Johnny Cameron and some idiot we found on the street. Um, we've cl- you must leave your mum out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you immediately got to go to me, mum? Everyone else does. <laughs> <laughs> today we are doing an extreme film, so we're going to be extreme today. You have been warned, listeners. Oh, Let's God. be extreme. Johnny, remember boundaries. Oh. Um, let's be extreme today. We're doing the excellent and forgotten hidden gem that is 2003's Switchblade Romance, also called High Tension in a weird French language, directed by Alexandre Ajar. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. He is a Frenchman after all. Um, you may know him from the Hills of Eyes remake, which genuinely Ooh. wasn't that bad. No, to it wasn't. Be honest. Uh, that thing with Harry Potter in called Horns, which was oh, a bit dear. weird. yeah. The shocking Piranha 3D, which was oh, entertaining God. the first time. And if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It is the brilliant crawl. John, is that the one with the crocodile? Crocodiles, yes. It crocodiles. is really, really good. In the basement? Yes. Yeah, it is okay. Gen- yeah, genuinely brilliant film. So he's had a bit of a checkered career, but he's a very, mm. very accomplished filmmaker. And you have to bear in mind that this is in 2003 before the real new wave of, of, of modern horror started and the conjuring got its dirty mitts on everything and basically ruined everything in the way Marvel did. But anyway, oh. <clears throat> made for a, a, a modest budget of two, two million, five hundred thousand, two and a half million pounds, I should say. That's just silly saying it like that. Um, which, when you look at it, you think to yourself, where on earth did that money go? Because I know. it doesn't look like it would be about... Take the two off and you'd be closer to what I... I think anyway, they spent... About a million of it on that Muse song that they use towards <laughs> do the end. Do you know end. what? Do you know what? We'll come back to that. But you are genuinely, I've got a point with that, uh, and that is nothing to the marketing budget that um, they got. They they did with it. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll just introduce it, and then I'll talk a bit a little bit more about it because it is a very very kind of obscure hidden little gem. This, um, <clears throat> yeah, two two thousand and three. It's about um, a young well, a youngish girl who goes to stay with her friend's family in the country, and she's stalked by this ultra-sadistic, horrible, horrible, vile killer mm. uh, who comes in and blood splatters everywhere. We are going to do a spoiler alert here, so if you haven't seen it and you want to stop, piss <gasps> off, go and watch it, but come back and then we'll talk about it again. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm... The, the twist in the end, and remember, 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 this was before all of the kind of modern horror films that you've got now. Uh, is that this guy was a figment of her imagination? It was a personality in the back of her mind that came to the front uh, because she was in love with her friend, and that the, the sadistic man became the dominant personality. But she didn't know that, so we thought we were, she was getting chased by this big fella. Blah 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 blah. Blood flies everywhere. Loads and loads of people die, including a child, which is quite harrowing, but anyway. Um, and then we end up finding out what happens, and she ends up in an asylum. And da 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 da. Go and watch it, it's that good. Interestingly, um, <clears throat> Identity, the James Mangold directed Identity with Ray Liotta, was out in the same year. It's got quite similar themes, I think. It has. I've mentioned that in um oh sorry in, in the blurb I gave you. Oh sorry, sorry. Oh, yes, no. Wow. So the notes that you asked me for before you haven't even read. <laughs> no, I haven't had a chance. <laughs> I haven't had a chance. Sorry. 
Yeah, but isn't there you are correct? It is. It's. I mean, Identity itself is a very, very good film. Mm. It. I mean, it, but it. It's minus the 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 violence of this, but then most films are. Um, right. That's that's my bit finished. So first impressions, Johnny Cameron. Um. Mm. This is a, a film. I'm glad you mentioned the twist because until the twist, and as and you know, if that works as a device, I'm still unsure on. But up until the twist is revealed, the film is pretty awful. Um, none of the none of the devices work. They're hashed together, cobbled together badly. I mean, when I first started to watch it. And when I got into it, I was thinking, horror these days, they know, and I know this was done, you know, 15 so years ago, um, that they know that their main audience is, I mean, probably their only audience is going to be horror fans. So it sort of gives them options of, of what to do, two options. And you can either do something completely new or you can do something which is an existing idea and do it really, really well. Now, this to me fell into the second category minus the really, really well. Um, but like I say, these are all problems that build up and then the twist sort of ratifies them. Um, they did a lot of hard work. Well, I felt like they did a lot of hard work in the beginning. Um, I, th I thought the camera work was very close and very claustrophobic and very good. I liked that. It was up close and personal. I liked the the red lens work or, or the sunset or the filter, however they, they did that. Um, in the opening 15, 20, and I really did start to to buy into it. That, I feel, is then lost and silly when the dad gets decapitated like it's the evil dead. Now, in any other film, almost, I would enjoy that very, very much, but this sort of takes itself seriously as a, a brutal sort of almost grindhouse it, it doesn't have that sense of humor that Evil Dead, I know, Sean, you don't like it, but other films similar to that um, have. Um, so, and then there are a lot of other things as well that, that don't work for me up until the twist. And another one of those is the, the character, the, the killer fella, how bland he is. Um, he looks like Andrew Neal in a cap. <laughs> he's got he's got the the straight razor which is Sweeney Excellent. Todd. He's got the the jumpsuit which is Mike Myers. There's nothing original about him. Um I mean who isn't afraid of a great big Frenchman? Fair enough. Um but that's but, the point though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. when the twist comes later on, that's again that's ratified. It's like, well, that's the point. It's 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 just a bland, it's a killer, there's nothing specific about it. So uh, and the, and there's lots of other things like I, you can sort of forgive because of the twist, the hiding under the bed, the the shower curtain um, bit, which is in you know every horror film since Psycho. Um, so the first 20 minutes I really enjoyed, and the rest of the film I didn't get to enjoy because the twist hadn't come yet, if you get me. So for that next sort of 60 minutes. 50 minutes, I was thinking, this is awful. And if it hadn't have been for this podcast, I don't know if I'd have seen it through to the end. Wow. Because I thought everything's been, been sort of done before. This. 
Um, I was expecting it from you, but not from him. Well, that's uh, quite a first impression, Johnny. Yeah, there's a lot more I've got to say, but we'll, we'll get into it more. Yeah. So, want to? Jesus. So, my first impression is. No, if I want to hear it, I I actually mostly agree with Johnny that from from the very beginning, uh, when they first go to the house, you're absolutely right. You get this claustrophobic feeling, um, and the the director does a really good job of making you feel that. And I actually thought that the entire film was going to play out in the house. Um, mm. And it was going to be a sort of a cat and mouse things in in films like we've seen in um, oh god what's that film? <laughs> I've, I've actually written down um, um, when we you know talk about whether it's a slash I'd written down Invader slash Cat and Mouse, and I'll admit when when we got about half an hour into it, I was thinking why aren't I why aren't we watching The Collector instead? That's that, the film I was just trying yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to say The Collector. We're all in sync today. It's because that's such a better film than what I thought this was trying to be, if well, that makes sense, if it in my stayed, opinion. If it had stayed in the house, I think it would have been an, an, a, a very strong film, but they moved it on and it went to a few different locations. But I suppose they had to do that because the twist wouldn't probably be as powerful then. Um, mm. However, I think when it got to the last, maybe the last half an hour when she's, following the guy through those country lanes and then it's the big showdown. I was bored by then. I was pretty much like, oh, okay. That, that's what I meant by if it wasn't for this, I might have switched off by that point and then missed the twist that that, that makes the film, that sort of brings it back to life because mm. I had questions during the film. I was getting quite angry about it. Um, and then the fact that there was an hour left to go, I was like, for God's sake, because it just <laughs> became like formulaic. It was... Um, I was thinking at, at parts like when when she goes to um, her friends to sort of in in the in the uh, in the room while the while the guy's off somewhere else, and the, she was waiting for something. I was like, why don't you just untie her and then you can run away because everyone else is dead. And then she's in the back of the van, and she's saying, oh, there's no one else left. There's no one else left. And I was like, yeah, because you. And, and then the mom comes into the room, and and not one point does she try and help any of them so i was getting angry at her i was like i'm not invested in this character because she's a coward she's not she's hiding from everything she's hearing all these other people getting killed for all she knew her best mate was getting killed and then she didn't do anything about it and obviously you know i was like if we were supposed to get behind her as sort of like a final girl then it's not going to work because i just obviously there's, there's people react to trauma in different ways but you got to remember that this is a film and we're yeah. supposed to get behind this and root for this character. And I wasn't, again, up until the twist when you realize, oh, there are reasons for these things. There are reasons why she didn't do these things or she let let the mum die. Um, there's, you know, um, and uh, which all sort of activates with the twist. Mm. I see what you're both saying completely, and it is flawed, but it's it, primarily it's a film about fear, and she's so afraid of this what she perceives to be this ginormous malevolent figure that she doesn't do anything about it because of that reason. Mm. Yeah. And, I think well, we... and at the same time, it is her doing these things. Yeah, but we also don't know who that personality is. If you think about films like Identity, there are, uh, there are like the protector identity. There's one that is like born out of trauma. I think one is his mum or his dad, or, or I might have made that up. Like that person could have been a, an abuser 
of our main character and and that she's invented them is yeah I have to say that the, the identity is a really, really good film. I think it was a book, wasn't it? And Mangold got older, but Mangold's good at that. So, um, but yeah, you have to remember as well, though. This this was eighteen years ago, and the Collector was six years after this. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not I'm not saying the Collector isn't a better film because I haven't actually seen it. But it, it, you have to remember this is the bare bones of of a of a, of a, of a what I like to would 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 call. It? You can't really compare them, I don't think, too much because, like I say, in the end, you find out they do become two different types of film where the collector is just something, a single idea done very well. I see a lot of this, of Switchblade Romance, or a.k.a. High Tension, in in a lot of films now, an awful lot. Um, I love... I, I, I... I, I come at it from an, uh, a kind of, kind of writer-director point of view, and I think to, to, to write this and direct it, and because I was watching it before again, I've watched it three times since we've done that, since we started this, and I just think it just gets better every time. But I, I look at horror films in a very, very different way than you two. You two are what I would call horror, horror files, aren't you? You love the horror film aspect. You love all of the, you love being scared, basically. I watch it for the filmmaking side of it, and I love, I absolutely love this film. If someone gave me two and a half million dollars to make a film, though, I would make something a lot different to this because I would spend two and a half million dollars in the film rather than what Johnny said before. I firmly believe they gave Muse about a million pounds for that song. I'll also just correct you there because I don't think either of us or any of us watch horror films just from the perspective of being horror fans. We're all educated people and we all know how to write stories. So I think that's where we come from. Thank you very much, John. Yeah, that's right in your clown shoe. I'm talking about filmmaking as well. You said writer and filmmaking. You're such a little bellend today. No, you're just trying to dumb down our own experiences. I'm not even saying you're an expert you in horror it. films. That's not what you said. Anyway, continue. Horrorphile. Twatocks. <laughs> I forgot I where I it think, was now. I think the, the problem that I had with it, most of all, is that it's. It, I think it needs to do a better job of, of keeping you gripped until the twist is revealed. I th- Otherwise, I, th- I, I think I was I think gripped. I'd... I think enough was going on to keep. Nah, I was bored. Me and Kate. <laughs> was, well, it kept me gripped because I was a bit angry and annoyed with it. <laughs> um, d- do you know what I'm going to stop suggesting films? I am. <laughs> it was better no, than Prince of Darkness. It was definitely better than Prince of Darkness. Definitely. I think uh, what he what he does well in this is he's got the tension down. I mean, there's there's bits in this that you, you, the, the tension actually made my blood pressure pressure go up. But you are right. It does it it does lose it loses its way in places and it become it comes a bit overwhelmed with it. But then he'll draw me personally because I'm a cine nerd rather than a writer horror nerd, which is what you are. But I look at the the lighting used and. The, the way that he's like capturing like the 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 shadows on the wall and and the uh, do you know what honestly it's brilliant it's 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 such a good film that for for me that I would have expected the guy to have a much bigger and better career than he's had don't get me wrong he's 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 done all right as we said before the Hills of Eyes remake is really really solid film I actually prefer it to the original I really do I think it's really mm. good. But I would have thought he would have gone on to create something of his own and do. Uh, Crawl's not bad as well, but it's not 
I wanted more on basis of this. This is 18 years ago. He should have had a career based on this one film. He should have gone on again to have the next film, again to have the next film, and then the film after that should be a horror classic. It's probably That's because how it should people have been. switched it off after an hour, I would have imagined. It's been, it's, it's, it's positive, positively, it's, people call it one of the best kind of extreme slashes around. Um, and it's, if you think of it as, as a, as a stepping stone up, like, like a, a rung of the ladder going up, it's, if that's your first or second step, you're, you're proud as punch with that. It's just that he hasn't done anything with that since. And that's what frustrates me about it. And that's the kind of, it's like the Grim Reaper hanging over the whole film. Why, why hasn't this man had a better career? Because I think this is brilliant. As just, but going back to this one thing again, that budget, it's not a two and a half million dollar film in any way. And that's one of the the major flaws and bones I've got with it because it it's half a million dollars. And even then you'd go, ooh, that's a bit much for that. I don't know what they've done with that money. I don't know where it went. That's true. And I love the film and I don't know where it went. Sorry, Sean, I keep interrupting. It's okay, don't worry. Is this a slasher film though? Well, that was the next question, and I know what you're going to say. I think it is, but I would call it an extreme slasher film. I, th- I think I looked, it is because and I, I looked think on the internet, and the internet said it was. Sorry, mate. Once, once they leave the the house, and like you said earlier, Sean, it, it, if they'd have stayed in the house, then I'm not sure it is. But there's a bit of cat and mouse and, and chasing it. I think I think it just about puts itself in there. It's got a leg in it. Hmm. I'd say a leg, just about. Yeah, a leg and dip the toe into the. Oh, I get you. Yeah. I thought you meant like a severed leg. It was like I missed that. <laughs> yeah, it's dipped it a wouldn't surprise leg me in the... I think yeah. it definitely blends a few of the subgenres of horror, doesn't it? Definitely. I think there is a bit of slasher in there, but I don't know. Not convinced that I would. I would not watch that and call it. Oh, it's a slasher film. Well, the internet said it is. So. But I like I like the fact that we've actually done this to sort of to to mix it up because I think when we talked about doing slasher season then people were sort of expected that you know wouldn't have expected us to do something like this so it's good that we sort of come out of left field with, with something like this and, and maybe explored what what other people or you know other countries and stuff regard as, as slasher horror mm. I'm I, I kind of expected Sean's response I am very surprised by yours you know you're becoming a bit of a connoisseur <laughs> If we'd have watched this in, I hadn't seen it before this time. So if if we'd have watched it, the th- the thing with the twist as well is, there's been a trillion films since that have used that it was me all along thing. So I had trouble when the twist came to light. I sort of half already guessed it, um, and it's because the I'm I don't know whether it's because it's obvious because of the loads of films that have done it since then. Or if I was watching it in 2003 at the time, would I think, would I have been shocked by it or would I have thought that's been done a dozen times before? Like, and I was trying to think of, of films that had sort of done that inversion before um, and how many there were um, sort of pre-2003. And they're sort of, whether it whether it is a really good film... I think for me depends upon, you know, I suppose you could have say how surprised by the twist I would have been if I was watching it in the cinema the first time. You know what I mean? It's it's sort of hard to empirically state whether or not it is 
and it all hinges on that twist and whether the twist works, um, which comes down to originality and if it's how many times and in what circumstances it's been used before. It, at the time, it was very new because it was only really Fight Club that did anything like that. And Fight Club was just like the, the godfather of all the It Was Me films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it because it brought more to the table. Yeah, I was. what I was going to do after that was I was going to talk about the rise of the writer-director, especially the horror writer-director, because believe it or not, back in the day, there, was only, there wasn't very many who wrote and directed their own stuff. There was obviously Wes Craven, who was the undeniable king. Of, of of this kind of thing. John Carpenter, let's face it, has he got more misses than hits? I would say he has. Still watch them and I still think they're good. Let's not talk about it, Sean. I know what you're gonna say. And the other one I the other one I could find was Tobe Hooper, but even then he didn't really write many of his own. And it's not until I kind of researched this that I realized just how formidable they are today because there's loads, well, there's a fair few now, and they're good as well. You got I mean, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this one. Ari Aster, who did Hereditary in Midsummer, um, say what you will about the films; they are well quite, made and very, very, very entertaining. Robert Eggers, who is a big favourite of, of of mine personally, who did um, The Lighthouse, the which witch. is one of the weirdest fucking things I've ever seen, and The Witch, which is just, as we've discovered on here, it is a masterpiece. And then there's the there's the the new wave of French one French directors. And forgive me for getting these names wrong. Um, I've actually met one of these and I didn't know her name. Julia Duck Arnoux, who did the absolutely incredible Raw. Go and watch Raw. That is another brilliant film. And Coralie Forger, who I've shaken her hands apparently, but I don't remember doing it, uh, who did the absolutely brilliant Revenge. So you throw a stick now and it'll land on a horror writer-director. And they, they're good as well. This is the thing. They're good. And I don't know if they had budgets of $2.5 million to work with, which is still bad. I'm going to delete that because I can't be bothered looking at it anymore. Um, which still baffles me where that money went. But these 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 people are getting careers off one film. Robert Eggers' debut. The, sorry, mate. Go ahead. When, when she got into the, the car, um, and then is it, is, is it um, a Cortina? Is an old Cortina? At the end with the guy who stops. Or it's Reno or something. Yeah, the French fella. Uh, uh, an French Audi. Fella's... No, an a- no, an the Audi one before that, the yellow one with the black stripes. Um, oh, I don't know. Anyway. Um, it's upside down in a ditch now. I heard the um, the music and uh, I thought, oh, this is quite a well-known piece of music and I thought it was a classical piece then I realised it was Muse. And <laughs> then... Um, the sound mixing sounded quite weird to me. It was as if they'd sort of had the music on in the background whilst the she was doing the car scene. Um, yeah. The mix was a, a little bit weird, a little bit amateurish. I don't know if they intended yeah, to. I, yeah, I have a theory on that one. I think what they wanted to do is, because when he's in the shot, it's kind of muffled, isn't it? And I think that's her listening through his, his mm. ears, if that makes sense. It's a bit of a bit of a punt that one and I, I could if people want to rubbish that I won't argue that much with it um I'll just call them names when they go in um but I that's that's what I took from that like but I, I even I, like they put the Muse song front and center which means they paid a lot for that which I'm thinking it, it did it did seem like it was sort of a so low budget odd. low budget film and then there was like that piece of like uh, which at the time 
I think, was 2003. So it would have been fairly brand new. Um, so, you know, it, it's like, it, it just seemed odd to see such a, a new sort of mainstream, you know, mainstream in terms of sort of where this film come out. Yeah, I'll, is, I'll You know, it's not like a big a scream Hollywood thing. And then hearing that song, which, yeah, it made me think that they must have paid a, a bit to uh, to get that in there. Well, I don't know if it was a kind of afterthought because um, it was made as an independent film, but it was bought even before it was finished. I can't remember the company that bought it. Uh, needless to say, I don't think they exist anymore, and we can understand why making decisions like that. It's a bit like um, Paranormal Activity because they were bought out by... Whoever made that, it was bought by Paramount, wasn't it, before yeah. the release? So I think up to that point, it had a budget of about... A, 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 very meager, yeah, a very meager budget but after that this company championed this film and piled money into it they may have put two two and a half million into the budget of the film buying a song but they put 14 million into the marketing of this film 14 million and neither of you as we've established are both horrorphiles pause for Sean to argue carry on um <laughs> um, I've, I haven't heard of it even under its so, other name this was 2003 as well so 40 yeah. million in 2003 is probably I don't know treble for, that now 14 million for a film like this Transformers uh, had a marketing budget of 20 million and that was one of the biggest films in the world 14 million baffling baffles me I have a few questions about the film. I cannot prepare you for these, even though I did. But anyway, right. Do you think it accomplishes its intention? Its intention is as a relentless and bloody cerebral assault on the senses. Do you think it does that? I think it's needlessly bloody. And going back to a point where Johnny mentioned earlier about the dad getting his head decapitated was absolutely just fucking ridiculous. And I was reading a quote before from Dean Koontz, who there was a bit of controversy around this oh, because yeah. um, there are similarities between the plot of this film and Dean Koontz's, Dean Koontz's novel Intensity, that he didn't want the association with it that would inevitably come if he pursued an action against the filmmaker, which I think sums it up. So no, it's yeah. no. So Dean Koontz isn't a, isn't a fan then? No, he's not. Well, also I, not I, a uh, fan of getting his work copied, apparently. I also, um, I did read that quote as well. You just brought it to light. Now, what, what you were saying, by the way, about the, the dad and the, the head flying off, um, <laughs> I, I thought that was, <laughs> when, when the twist came, I thought that that was maybe because of her, her imagination, which we know is overactive, and, you know, him taking it off with, um, a table um, maybe wasn't actually how it went down. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, she took his head off, but maybe it, it wasn't with the brute strength of an enormous man um, because obviously she wouldn't be able to, to conjure that up. And maybe she... And this, I thought the same thing as well when she, like, garroted the mum's neck till there was, like, an inch of neck left and she's on the floor and she's going, why... Why? Mm -hmm. I was like, that's another thing that made me think this is stupid and unrealistic. I know it's a film, but literally he's got no throat left. Um, but then I also thought like the, the head being taken off by the 
um, of the dad, I was thinking like, you know, um, maybe it's all in a, that, that sort of, uh, the brutality most of it is, is in her head. Um, you know, she's, she's turned it up to 11, um, in her imagination and in reality, it maybe it's not quite gone down like that. She's slit the mum's throat. Um, and then she's, you know, probably bludgeoning the dad to death with the table. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, but we can't assume, know, we can't yeah. assume that, though, can no, we? No, we can't, but it's, we, it's, it's like John said before, it it's, it's, a, it's a punt. Um, yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's doing it's massive favours for the film. I personally would have just had the, the, the same Dean Koontz book at the side of a bed or something, <laughs> and I would have had the camera kind of hold on it, and I would have gone like this to him, because I've just seen his face, and he looks like a fucking cunt, so he can piss off. Um, I, that's what I would have done, and I would have... I rejoiced in doing it for me and I love a good extreme film right I think this this if, that, if that's the ba- oh I'm on the radio aren't I if, if the boundary is yay then this goes over it a little bit a little bit too much but as soon as it does go over it does come back straight away and it's it's extreme films just make me so happy but well, most of them do they make I, me so happy I really liked um, to be fair, the uh, the angle grinder to the yeah. boat, and then <laughs> okay. it was like covering her in in gore. That was really good. I mean, it's obviously it's it's just it's it's within the confines of that realism that it's just gory, but you know it doesn't make you think. Oh well, hold on, that was cool, and I just getting splattered in blood. That's what the whole film should have should have been, and then I would have stayed with it and bought into it more. I think the problem that it's got... What's that? Is that me? I think. No, it's not. I think the problem that it's it got um, is that the subject matter is actually really serious and very... Well, it was 2003. No one gave a shit back then, but it's very... It's dealing with mental health, and it wasn't the way it is now because you wouldn't be able to do this now the way it is. It'd have to be treated in a much more dignified way, and there wouldn't be as much claret being spilt. But... I think that's just that was the door to open the, the open to to get all of this blood and chaos into it, um, and it does feel a bit cheap now. But because of its extreme nature, it does it does get away with it with me. Uh, the next question I want to ask you is, and I'm I may I know I may regret this, but John, can I just we, ask? Sorry, quickly while we're on the subject of the did she kill him? I couldn't make it out. Did she kill him with a cabbage? She what? picked up something when he was strangling her. It was a rock. It was a rock. Was it? Because then he, he got like a nail stuck in the head or something. No, that was... His head was dinted in. That was a that bat was a skull. With... I couldn't... The lighting must have been great. I thought she like hit him with a cabbage which had a nail embedded in it. <laughs> that, now that's a wow. film. Right. I have a feeling I'm going to regret this, so let's keep the answer short. Um, were you entertained by this? Jenny? <laughs> a bit. In, that's what I think. Like, um, I, I the film when I've mentioned before about it doesn't really get sort of to where it needs to be until the twist. By which time I'd lost a fair bit of interest. If uh, during that hour after sort of when he comes to the house, if that had all been as good as the angle grinder to the Audi man, which we've all wanted to take an angle grinder to some dickhead in a fucking Audi. <laughs> um, that would have been that would have been brilliant. So they should have made 
the little kid older so that he could be brutally murdered. Um, and they sh- he should have just gone to town on the entire family for an hour. That would have gripped me. And then you can do the twist. Then I go, not yeah. only is this satisfied my blood lost, um, it, it works. <laughs> it, it, it sort of it fixes all the other issues that we previously thought it might have. I know, you mean it I, fixes the entire film by yes. deleting most of it? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. I know that I know the kind of like good point, but negative points against it is it's because you're thinking about it so much and it has got so many flaws. Um, but it does what it does, it does very, very well. My question when I first watched it was why hasn't that guy had that angle grinder all the way through this? Exactly. Why isn't he just, He's going, oh, don't want it to be too much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is I know is what he was going to say. But he's all right, stealing off Dean Koontz, like to do that. Give him that angle grinder for the whole thing, and we've got a different film. And I'll cheer even more. I, I, and I still like it as well. But anyway, um, I think, I think that I was entertained probably up until the garage scene. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm a bit bored now. Like, this is just more of the same more of the same crap. Um, and then that last standoff, I wasn't even bothered. When he put the plastic sheeting over her head, I was like, oh, got a bit excited. And then I don't know why she, she just didn't pop a hole in it. That's what, I always think that. I mean, uh, maybe it's just because of the panic, but why don't people ever just, yeah. Pop a hole? Like, I'm sure she had a weapon as well. Maybe it's industrial plastic. I don't know. Done. Oh, please. I thought it was cool when she got the... Um, <laughs> The, the steak with the unwrap the barbed wire around it that was yes that was, that really, was very the, clever the torch the torch on a rope i thought dangling was was quite good oh that was nasty i loved that loved it because i've never seen that before yeah there was a film there were certain elements of this where i thought yes and more please <laughs> m- more of that in the first hour and then wrap it up with a twist and do as you will yeah that's that's my kind of the things that it does well for me, it does so well, like so unbelievably well, that it leaves you with this this why haven't I got this all the way through and why? But then it, I reckon it's inspired filmmakers, and this is a really bizarre way of looking at it. People have gone there and watched it and gone, I can do better than this, and now they've in Robert Eggers or something. That's a really indirect and bizarre way of looking at a film. But if it gets good filmmakers out there, then so be it. Um, mm. and that's, I, I try and focus on the positives in it because the, what it does well, it, just, it takes my breath away sometimes. It was the first kind of like proper extreme film that I really paid attention to. And I was like, I, I, I dig this, I get this now. And that takes me neatly onto extreme films as a, as a genre. This to me is an extreme slasher and you can get an extreme in all walks of life. But how do you two guys feel on extreme films? And by extreme films, I mean, I mean the ones that you turn away to. I, I don't particularly think this is that extreme. I mean, I've seen worse films than this. Oh, yeah. And the two that, the two, the two that spring to mind are all home videos. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> one of them is a film called... It's a British film uh, called Mum and Dad, directed by Stephen Scheel. Um, you told me about this in, in, in uni. It is absolutely vile, and I'm not going to ruin it because we might discuss it at some point. That's a horror film that I was absolutely disturbed by. I had to keep pausing that. 
And then I rang my mate and was like, listen, this has just happened in this film. I just need to talk about it. And then the other one that really, really springs to mind and jumps out straight away is another French film. It's called Base Moi and it's from... Um, that's, a, that's one of the most extreme films you can get. Yeah, from the year 2000. And I, I couldn't even finish that. I think I turned that off after 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, What's it called? <laughs> it's called no, Base Moi, which means fuck me. Base Noir. Yeah. Basically, Johnny, it's made for you. It's absolutely okay. brutal. And I don't think this film had that. There was not one point where I thought, I'm going to look away, yeah. yeah or I need was... to pause it. I don't think I wouldn't class this as an extreme horror. I'd, I'd put things like um, even more modern, well-known things like um, a Serbian film and uh, set definitely um, and the human centipedes. Uh, I've seen the first two. Uh, I think they are way more extreme than, than this. Even Saw, even Saw, I think, is way more extreme. The first one of the two, there's, isn't there's, it? There's a difference, right, between the... What, what do they call Saw and Hostel? Gore porn. Because I can't be arsed. Torture, put torture, torture porn. porn. I can't be arsed with them. Um, but this is an extreme film because it's not just what you see, it's the way it makes you feel. And it made me... Fuck, it makes me anxious even now, and that, to me, is an extreme. But... It's like, most horror films make you anxious and they're not extreme. So that's your personal view. This did not make me feel anxious particularly. So does that make it not an extreme film? Um, no, it just means you're a bit of a sadist. Not at all. You're scared by any, you're scared by E.T. I'm not, why have you got to, why have you always got to bring this up that I'm scared of everything every time? I think it qualifies as an extreme film and so do the rest of the world. So, but not, in the same regards as the the famous extreme films, and I know you have a bit of a, a penchant for one of the the f most famous ones, that's Cannibal Holocaust. Um, I don't think it's anywhere near the same vein as that. But that's not even that extreme, to be honest. I think it was just the timing that that it came out. That's kind of what I was I was alluding to at the time when this came out. This was. 18 odd years ago wasn't it 18 years ago mm. it was considered very extreme for the day if this came out now I'd, I I think he's right I don't think it would be considered mm. yeah maybe uh, right. maybe it is the time that I've watched yeah. it that's that's why I mentioned Cannibal Holocaust because that that's now just considered a video nasty when it is possibly the most extreme film ever made because they actually torture things in that um, and it makes me feel a bit sick if I'm honest which which film? Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, they like they, they yes they cut a tail to bits. They, they, or, they do know. unimaginable things in there, and that was before animal rights were a thing. So yeah, before taste was a thing as well. Um, but yeah, I think if this comes out now, I think it goes mid shelf with all of the rest of the hostile and saw wannabes. However, at the time, for me, it was groundbreaking and. I'll always try and champion films that mean something to me. Um, we, we, we'll do the famous ones, which beloved ones like The Exorcist and I'm and all that. But I'll always try and get something in that changed my life. And this is definitely one of them. Flawed as it is with a ridiculous budget. It's mired in 2003, probably why I love it so much because I wish I was back there all the time. Um, serving the same purpose as the kind of films that paved the way for the new French extreme, like Irreversible. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. 
that's very, very difficult to watch. Another extreme French film, um, which most people I know turn off after about 20 minutes um, to where we are now in this new ocean of French extreme films now that we've got. And I think this has done wonders for the slasher market, the extreme film market. The only thing it hasn't really helped is Alexander Ayar's career, Ajar's career. Or itself. I would have thought he'd have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, we haven't talked about the twist properly. Well, I haven't. I know Johnny has. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I do want to talk about it. Why didn't you chime in when we were talking about it? Because though? it didn't get an opportunity. <laughs> well, I, I don't... It just doesn't make sense. Okay. It, it just doesn't make sense. Like, there's... And I keep thinking back to... Like, when it happened, I was like, oh, what the fuck's happening? And then my mind instantly went back to that scene where the man is on his own in his van with that head, that severed head. Like... The blowjob machine. Yeah, it's, like, completely disconnected from where she is, what she's doing. It just... It made no sense. John, is that head, do you know, is that um, the head of the, her best mate? And it's sort of like a weird... Dream fantasy thing. That, yeah. Because that might sort of make sense. But it now you've said it, John, like I, 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 do, I do remember that thinking... How? Yeah, now you've mentioned it. I remember thinking at the start, oh, okay, it's a um, lunatic bloke. It, uh, hang on. Hang on, wasn't wasn't that the dream sequence? No, yeah. that was at the very beginning. That's she wakes up and then she's like in the back of the car, doesn't she? That's like a little bit later on. I think it's just before they get to the house. I think. I mean, that that one is completely up up for interpretation. I think it can be the kind of the the I'm sick of saying the word extreme, the sadistic personality sort of staring. And if it was her friend. It should have been made a lot more clearer because I didn't realize that until you said it, and I was thinking that makes a lot mm. more sense now. Yeah, if it was, it would. Because I've, I've always just thought it as this horrible personality staring mm. in her, and then it starts to kind of and intensify. It does, it, I suppose it probably would make sense then because later on, when he actually comes to the house, she's making herself come as well. So there's some sort of sexual connection between yeah. his arrival and well, her arrival. Yeah, it's, it's. It's it's one of I mean that was my introduction to to kind of real horror cinema and I, I, I in two thousand and three that was like it was like God it was just it was just amazing I remember cheering when I saw it there are a few moments were there any other scenes oh, no, sorry, I was going to say there's a few moments like that now you mentioned it where I was thinking okay so her and the bloke are one. And then going back through my mind, thinking, okay, so, you know, here is... So when they were doing this, this is obviously happening. Um, and there are a few bits that, that in sort of in other films that would have been clearer. Maybe, like, they're in two separate cars, the car chase, which is sort of a bit further than a lot of sort of dual personality films would go because it stretches the mm. believability a bit. So in the end, I just put it down to it must all be in a head. But even when the twist was made clear, there was still some parts of me going, oh, wait, hold on. Does that does that really make sense? 
you know what I mean? And then just accepting it, thinking, well, obviously it's all in the head. She's driving the van um, with her mate in the back and it's all it's all sort of, you know, she's imagined but the where car. where did she get the van from? Well, when she was travelling alone in the car with her mate at the start. That's yeah. a very Where's good point, Sean. Farmhouse. But I, I, no, but I agree. I agree. It shouldn't be left to us to do this. We shouldn't be going. But if it was, if if it was from the farmhouse, she could not have had that fantasy with him getting a blowjob from a dead corpse. Because she's head meeting the family for the first. She's meeting the, the family for the first time as well. So it's not like she goes yeah. there all the time. Oh, there's that old Citroen van. I exactly. I agree. Great. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be left to us to do this. And this is another one of its flaws again. But like. I question this so much in places that sometimes I think that this is not the direction he wanted to go in. I don't think, I think he maybe wanted to make a conventional, this man will chase these people slasher and kill them in ways that it's even, it's increasingly horrible each time. Um, sometimes this, it's all in a head thing feels like an afterthought. It really does. It's, the, the, the bits where they've like got exposition and they've got, um, scenes that kind of suggest it seem very added afterwards seem very post-production sort of thing um but it for me it only only just works and because i watched it through rose tinted glasses because it was one of the first i ever watched i kind of forgive it but it does when when i put my film studies hat on and i really sit down and i really put this under the microscope it does feel like two different films that have been one but one's been slapped onto the other one which would explain when this company bought it and they said we want you to do this put all this in it which is why it becomes the budget goes way up and it becomes slightly disjointed and a bit of a mess in places but that's just my theory you have to buy the book to it read the rest is. It, it definitely i think it is a bit of a mess to be honest the more i'm thinking about it because i, I I understand that, like, oh, it's all in her mind and, you know, she can imagine whatever she wants. But, like, certain things, uh, uh, there should be certain conventions with films like this and things that shouldn't happen. Like, walking into the the garage, that guy should not react to both of those characters because one of them isn't there. You, Do you know what I mean? I never thought of that. And I want to thank you, Sean, because I was previously slightly on the fence and now I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolute fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, like that that to me just should not happen in that kind of film because... I mean, I suppose it's in her imagination, you, you could in. say. No, that's what I'm saying. I, but I don't think that... I think that's laziness. I think mm. you should start cluing people in. Yeah, it's like when like, I said before, it's sort of I took it to mean, oh, maybe just everything's in her imagination then yeah. yeah because it would make like there's that scene where he's going to get the alcohol and he's reacting to both of those characters at the same time which i understand if you know we're supposed to be seeing the film from her perspective mm. but he wouldn't be doing he that. still wouldn't physically do that would he no there has to be if she's saying that as well there has to be a reason that she's saying that and the, 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 mm, this doesn't... is this this is why I, I, the more we talk about this, the more I'm thinking this is two films that have been slapped together. Yeah, it does, it does feel like yeah. I've never, on the I've end. never actually thought about it as much as I'm thinking about it now, but 
it 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 would explain an awful lot. It would explain why the budgets, the, the north side, are crazy, um, and it would explain why in in places it's very 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 solid, but in other places it's so unthought out and unstructured and a bit of, and as we've established a bit of a mess. Mm. Definitely, a mess. I still love it though. To be fair, I, I mean that is massive flaws for me. I, I, coming from you know being a writer, they're massive flaws for me. And do I forgive it for those flaws? I probably do, to be honest <laughs> with you, because it's still quite an entertaining film. I'm, I'm very shocked at saying this. So was I. I, I, I don't know what to say. Why this is? <laughs> I don't know why these words are coming out of my mouth, but I forgive it. Not too much. I thought the acting was I mean, good. I it liked... would be sleeping on the couch if we were in a relationship <laughs> together. But I, I forgive it enough to let it back oh, in the that's house. An excellent, excellent <laughs> description. I like the girl that played um, Alex, the main girl. I thought she was a a good act- actor. Um, mm. I thought she she played both parts very well. I'm trying to think of things to solve. I didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. She's all right, like. Praise it. <laughs> <laughs> Try your best, Johnny. Try your best. Uh, should we should we do the final girl thing now? Because I'm dying to know what you think of this. Because I... Does anyone anyone at all in this film qualify? I think I mate might only just. No. Well, this is the thing. We were discussing this sort of before you came on. Yes, she survives the film, so she should be on the leaderboard. But in terms of final girls, they do something. Yeah, she doesn't. She film. doesn't fight in this, does she? No. So at the same time, Alex is a final girl and a villain all at once, which is. Does she qualify? I, no, no. If we're, no. <laughs> if we're, if we're not having, speak if we're louder, having, Johnny. If we're not having Candyman, then we're not. No, having no, this. no. I I completely agree. I completely agree. But I was just making a point that she's both in the same way that Helen was. But no, she doesn't qualify. I'm afraid she's not fit to lick Helen's boots. <laughs> Helen she got, definitely is. Helen got an honourable mention there. She did, but she doesn't deserve it. I'm afraid. Alex <laughs> Awfully sorry. You know what? Right. I've been because I, I was trying to think about it the other day and I was thinking the only one who really qualifies is her friend. Um, is her friend named Marie? Um, I don't know. I think so. I think it begins yeah, with an it is. Yeah, it is. Something like that. Um, Do you know what I really didn't like that he killed the dog? I think that's really terrible. I mean, I know Michael Myers did it, you know, years earlier, but I just think that's terrible. That the dog could have been the final girl. Yeah. You missed it. You missed it. Yeah. Anyway. Right. I genuinely don't know where which this this is going to be going to go because I don't actually know what I'm going to say about this. So, are we going to do the final girl thing? Well, we haven't got one, so we can't. Yeah, we have the girl. She's she's going to have to be placed. She survived the oh, film. Oh well, she's going. We're going to have to place her bottom. Well, should we do a review of what we yeah, are going? So, in first place, we've got Nancy Thompson from A Nightmare on Elm Correct. Street. Correct. Correct. Uh, second place, we've got Laurie Strode from Halloween. Ooh, his. Third, fourth, and fifth are all from Scream. Sydney Prescott, Gail Weathers, and Dewey Weather in that order. Dewey Riley, even. And an or- honorable mention to Helen. <laughs> no. Well, he does marry her, so it probably is his last name. Um, honorable mention to Helen Lyle from Candyman. God rest her soul. Um, where are we placed in? Marie, it's bottom a, for me. Like, it's a um, position lower than bottom. <laughs> Alexia, no. Alexia is a mate. 
Are you sure? Thought, yeah. I thought Alex was here. Yeah. No, I'm gone. Let me just have a look. No, it is. You're right. Yeah. Because she's shouting Alex. In yeah, the Alec- Alec- Alexia. Her name is. Yeah. yeah. So it's Alexia. You are right. Sorry, John. Okay. Um. So I think Alexia is bottom. Yeah. For me, she's on there, but she's she's not. She. I mean, she's only on there because we've done a film about her. Yeah. She, well, about, and she didn't die. Yeah. But she didn't I mean, really do anything. Reason. So she did was to yeah, sit there. That's another thing they could have explored as well. Shall we give her? In fact, I feel like we should give her a dishonorable mention. I mean, she be, fuck all. In, in fuck the all. end, she does pacify the murderer, gives her a, a slash and a and a stabbing. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So she she's definitely bottom. Like, does a little bit. Okay. He's the Norwich City okay. of this. I completely bypassed me. No, I didn't. I did. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> okay. Anyway, do you continue? Uh, yeah. Well, I. That was the bit I was most curious about as to what you'd say with that because I was struggling so much with thinking about what what it was gonna it was gonna be and stuff. But, and I didn't know Johnny was gonna defend Candyman so passionately. I should have I should have really <laughs> guessed though. Candyman woman. <laughs> Candy woman. Candy person. I genuinely don't know where this is going to go because I genuinely don't know how I'm going to do this. So, Johnny, yours is going to be easiest. Final vote. Go on. Yeah. This film's a mess. Um, I think, is this the... No. Certified Nightmare is the bad one. Yeah, no, I remember that. I was trying to think... I was trying to think how many certified nightmares I've given out. I think this joins an exclusive club with with Hush and <laughs> Prince of Darkness. Um, it joins this the certified nightmare elite at the bottom of the barrel. I don't think it's that bad, but obviously it's up to you. Like, but it it goes, it rubs shoulders with um, Halloween, the one with Buster Rhymes. Ooh, I right enjoyed I enjoyed that more than this. Christ. Uh, yeah. So, so you're certified nightmare yeah. then, I'm guessing. I've, yeah. The rumors have it like. Mm. Do you want me to go next? Yes, please, yes, please. So when I first watched this film, I was like, Nightmare Cinema. And then the more I've thought about it and focused on it, I was like, oh, I'd probably stay for the popcorn. And then the more I've thought about it as we're talking and all the stuff that does not make sense, I am like, oh, I don't want to say Certified Nightmare because I actually did enjoy the film. But looking at it from a writing perspective, it's not solid enough. And then I'm set, I'm giving out Nightmare Cinema to a film last time about a paedophile demon, dream demon. So uh, I'm questioning my own taste here, but I have to look at it from the thing, whether it makes sense to me and it doesn't. So it left me with a lot of questions and they weren't questions that the story could answer on rewatches. It was questions that would just frustrate the fuck out of me if, it, if I ever watched it again. So certified nightmare. That is shit. Now, there's no way in the history of the world I am putting this in this collective nightmare cinema. There's no way. If it was my own, if I was doing this on my own, it would be for me because that's how, that's just what it means to me. I would definitely, it's not 
certified nightmare for me by any way. But it's definitely, I would say, stay for the popcorn and learn mm-hmm. from it in my case because... Oh, learn like learn, not what le- to do. Le- well, learn what to do and what not to do. Because I do, right. there's, there's bits in it that I do love. There really are. But analyzing it like this, which I've never done before, um, has given me a bit of a hollow feeling because it's not what I thought it was. But I still Ooh. love it. Um, it's a bitch when that yeah. happens, though, isn't it? It's, when you love a yeah. film and then this, everyone's talking yeah. about it and you realize this is, it's... this is one of the films that got me into all this, all, all this filmmaking stuff. I, mainly because I thought, I'd do that a bit different, I'd do that a bit different, I'd do that a bit different. But then I was real, and now I've realised, I've pretty much sent that for the whole fucking film, apart from the bit where he picks up the angle rider, which would have been the open fucking scene for me, <laughs> someone's head, yours. But yeah, um, it's definitely, it, it, I love it and I always will. And I will. I've got a video like that on my phone. I never, no doubt you do. Um, <laughs> I love it and I always will. I always will. It will always hold a special place in my heart. But it is a fucking bloody mess. I'm pretty sure that you've got films that you that are shit, but you love them. The, the most yeah. big, this is definitely one of Push. them for me. <laughs> but I don't see it as shit. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I, I, up until this, and I, I, I need to stop doing films that I really love because this ruins them. Because we're so, we analyze them so much and used to come from completely different places and show me things that, I never saw before. I either just brushed away and you you force them in front of me. It makes me see just how lacking in places these films are. Well, mm. Prince of Darkness, I kind of get, but even then, there's some bits of that that I like. But that's no. not enough to make a good film anymore. So, yeah. It's still, this this one is still one, one of mine. I still revel over it. and But yeah, I feel like I owe an apology now. I have to cook it dinner tonight. You can, you can go and apologise to the Blu-ray case if you want. I will. He did this on Blu-ray? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Uh, until next time, and I'll return with another one of my favourite films that we can all diss. Um, well, actually, Johnny's oh, no, next. Johnny next. Yeah. What are you doing next? Are we wrapping up the slasher season? Mm-hmm. The, the very last, last one. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Friday the 13th, the original. Oh, We've got to do yeah. the original. Oh, yeah. And, um, Brilliant film. It is. Uh, until next time, boys, thank you very much for that, for shedding some light on one of my formerly favourite films ever. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>